Wait, say that again? <laughs> when I was... <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know why it's not funny. No, you need to say it again. Because we're recording it. Yes. I... In my teaching, I told that people were laughing. Anyways, I don't know how to say it. Okay, basically... <laughs> I... I was shocked that the part that people laughed at a ton was I said, hey, because we're doing a 4th Easter Street Bible study, and I said, you know, I told the 4th Easter Street a few weeks ago that when I was their age, I thought that when Jesus is talking to the centurion, he's talking to a centaur, and you too could be a Bible teacher. But in reality, I wasn't in 4th Easter Street, it was when I was a junior in college, so please forgive me for lying. But I was like, you know what? Oh my God. I was like... Jesus can do what he wants. Talking to sheep, he's talking to goats. All right, there's a lot of That's creatures. Real. Yeah. But then someone very gracious is like, no, it's a centurion. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> I'm so happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mosaic Bible Study Recap. I'm Antony Bastion here with Max Steiner. Hello. And we are going to walk through just a few questions um, about Matthew 8, 1 through 9, 34. So we are doing this because we know that Matthew um, just has so much depth in each week. And this is another week where we've certainly felt, um, yeah, just how much text we have to cover, cover each week. And so yeah. we're, uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot. And so we are officially, we are out of the Sermon Mount. We are out of our first discourse in Matthew. And so we're going to walk through our three questions. What do you wish we had more time for? What impact are we hoping for on our community? And what were we most personally affected by? And so let's start with what do we wish we had more time for? Max, you want to kick us off? Yeah, for sure. So the first thing may seem small, but I was struck by the immediacy of Christ being demanded to heal and to confront affliction and disease. It's like as he's coming off the Sermon on the Mount, Mm -hmm. a leper immediately approaches him. And then the entire narrative, it's just like, here's a person in need. Here's a person in need. I'm going to heal somebody in need and somebody else touches me because they're in need. I'm overwhelmed by the need, so I'm going to cross over to this other side of the sea where there's a need. Mm -hmm. And so it was just like these crowds are numerous Mm -hmm. and it is somewhat... I don't know. I, we see Jesus withdraw, and I think that that's a great example for us, and we link that a lot in, like, pastoral application to, like, digital overload. Like, look, Jesus went away too. But I also mm-hmm. have to think, like, Jesus went away because he was beset by people who were really needy mm-hmm. and who were needing salvation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And, I mean, even as I say a little bit, learned about, like, just leprosy even, you know, just, mm. again, to your point, like, yes, digital distraction matters, and the things that we yes. have in our lives certainly matter, and yet, like, there's a real, like, this is life or death. This is yeah. no contact with community yeah. or being brought in, and so, yeah, just the weight of it, for sure. I think, for me, one thing I wish I had more time to explore in teaching was just the interruptions from religious observers, so mm-hmm. just kind of kind of what you're saying, you know, we see this immediacy, this greatness of need, and yet the way that Matthew, um, uh, just like organizes the text and the narratives, you have these interruptions. So it's like great need, great healing. Yes. Oh, look, there's two men. Yeah. <laughs> Pause. Like, yeah. Pause. Hey, can I be a part of your, like, mm-hmm. you know, your like party, you know, yeah. and Jesus is like, yes and no, you know, like yeah. go think about it and like hurry up and let's, you know, so just these interruptions. So you see it in the, the, um, the scribe and the disciple. 
mm -hmm. um, and their questions. Lowercase d disciple. Yes, lowercase d disciple. Good, <laughs> good uh, reminder there. Um, and John the Baptist um, disciples, he come to him and ask him to confront him like, hey, like, why are your disciples not fasting? Yes. Um, and then with the Pharisees, who, of course, there's a pretty big confrontation um, with Jesus um, in that, I think it was, yeah, the last, or the, the healing of the paralyzed man. Um, and so, yeah, just the interruptions. And I think, you know, um, yeah, I mean, there's so much activity that Jesus and so much ministry activity that we see Jesus interact with. And so just oh. seeing just like, you know, like everywhere he turns, there is confrontation, either sorrow or suffering or religious ignorance, really. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just really struck by that. And, and not that I want to draw too many because conclusions is one of the biggest impacts that I have on our community, which we'll get to that, is like just to see how unique Jesus is. Mm -hmm. But even in that of like, hey, I get really upset by interruptions and my interruptions are certainly not whether or not someone is challenging the divine authority of Jesus. Yeah. And so just something kind of to think about priority of even mm -hmm. I know, yeah, just considering how much like, yeah, ministry does matter and that we're called into ministry and to love and serve others. And yeah, there's something really settling that, man, like Jesus is the one who is literally bringing cleansing, literally bringing healing, um, and yet he is still having to confront incorrect misunderstandings. Yeah. I think because another thing that I had for cuts was the link between sin and disease. Mm -hmm. But I think it says a lot about Jesus that he is willing to, like he's performing a healing ministry. Mm -hmm. He's in, enacting the kingdom that he's bringing. And the most efficient way for Jesus to do this would have been like, form a single file line. <laughs> I'm going to stand here and you come one at a time. And instead what we see him do is he goes to dinner at people's houses mm. and he hangs out with them wow. and he associates with them. Yeah. And he's, but he literally just like sits in some guy's house and eats. And it, there's this mm. weird back and forth of like, sometimes we see the ministry of Jesus as like, we need to move now. Yeah. Other times it's like, Hey, let's hang out. Yeah. And then you see that in, literally in that interaction with the scribe and the lowercase d disciple yes. of like. Yeah, hey, I want to be part of your team. Like, hey, you should really think about that. Like, yeah. hey, I want to be part of your team. Like, can I go do something? Where it's like, no, you should no. hurry it up. Yep. Yeah. But with that, I'm thinking about the interaction between Jesus and the scribes at the healing of the paralytic. There are these mm -hmm. moments where Jesus intentionally arranges his healing ministry or mm -hmm. his speech to draw out some sort of misconception or misunderstanding in the popular Jewish consciousness mm -hmm. about how their relationship with God works. So one thing we didn't get to talk about was the popular understanding would have been for somebody to have a an affliction like paralysis mm -hmm. would have been the result of their sin mm -hmm. or their parents' sin. Mm -hmm. And so there's this whole order of operations that occurs in this scene with Jesus where he offers forgiveness for sins mm -hmm. before offering physical healing. Mm -hmm. And what Jesus is doing is he's trying to play upon their understanding mm -hmm. of how sin is linked to illness. Mm -hmm. And the thing that we didn't really have time to touch on was that there is a an element in which it's true to say things like paralysis are in the world because of sin, mm -hmm. because our sinful fallen world has sickness, mm -hmm. has disease, has affliction, has unclean spirits. Mm -hmm. But it's not to say that this man's sin has caused him to be paralyzed. Right. And so Jesus is or confirming that the forgiveness of sins does have implications mm -hmm. on this man's healing. Mm -hmm. And he's showing his divinity, mm -hmm. his ability to offer forgiveness on behalf of God. Mm -hmm. uh, but also he's showing that they're kind of misunderstanding fundamentally the whole relationship. It's not that this guy has sinned, therefore he's paralyzed as punishment. Right. So that was one thing. Yeah, that's really good. What else? My last thing was very easy. Mm -hmm. uh, demons. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. So, I'm, I'm not trying to become a demon expert over here. No. I don't think anybody in our Bible study should be trying to become a demon expert. No. So, and, like, that's one th- one thing, Antony, I think you'd agree with this. Bible study is not a systematic theology course. Correct. So, it's not like when we get to a topic, we pause and then unpack everything about that topic. Right. It's not what we do. And so, uh, we'll continue to see demons pop up in Matthew's narrative. We'll treat them as they come along. The thing that I didn't get a chance to talk about is I think in a Western culture, we are so against believing in spiritual realities. Mm-hmm. We just think it sounds dumb, mm-hmm. or it sounds backwards or old. And so the, we, Antony and I, actually participated in a spiritual gifts cohort. We sure did. Uh, and so one of the biggest takeaways I had from that is I think in our church circles, it can be very common for me to hear somebody say something like, well, I really feel like the enemy is doing X, Y, Z. I feel like I'm tempted. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm being afflicted, whatever. But on the opposite side, we never acknowledge the Spirit's activity in us. Mm-hmm. Or we're like really skeptical of the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. activity in us. And so the thing that I wanted to point out is Matthew very readily acknowledges the existence of spiritual beings who are opposed to the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. And I think many of us would recognize there are things in our life in which we feel like we are spiritually attacked or persecuted or afflicted or oppressed or whatever verb you want to insert there that's not going to make you angry. Um, but we recognize there are, there are times in which we feel dejected in our relationship with God or just in the world in general. Uh, there are things in the world, systems of oppression, institutions that disempower people that are bad. But we don't do the opposite of that and think, well, the Spirit of God dwells in me, mm-hmm. and that has implications too. Because yeah. if I'm willing to acknowledge there's an enemy who opposes God's kingdom, right. uh, am I willing to acknowledge Jesus said the Holy Spirit is coming to dwell in me? Mm-hmm. And so that was one big thing was like this acknowledgement of spiritual realities doesn't mean we just need to acknowledge the evil ones. Right. We can also acknowledge the good ones. Yeah, that's really good. It's really helpful. And it means we don't have to talk more about demons. <laughs> it does mean that. <laughs> It does mean that. Um, okay, our next question. Uh, what impact are you hoping for on our community? Uh, I think I can go first with this yeah. one. I think the biggest one was just hoping that we would really appreciate and sit in just how unique and distinct Jesus is. Yes. And, um, yeah, that's not a church answer, but truly, I mean, I guess it is literally <laughs> a church answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I just mean it's not a, hopefully not a trite thing about that. Um, and Justin, yeah, like he is uniquely the one who, um, yeah, the, the true and better priest, if I can use that, who doesn't have to stay away from people's yes. sin or uncleanliness because, and he will be defiled, but he is one who extends um, cleanliness and forgiveness. And um, yeah, he is one who can enter in to those who um, have a need uh, to their, you know, to whatever that situation is and bring authority and subdue chaos. And so just seeing that over mm. and over and over again, um, I just don't think I'll ever get over it. Um, and yeah. I want to. And so I, my hope is that as we, um, yeah, just see our women's Bible study and I mean, yeah, just knowing, just even walking with these women the last several years and the felt sense of the world feels more and more chaotic. Um, my world feels more and more chaotic for different reasons or maybe mm. affected by it. Where yeah. to our point, we don't necessarily experience need in the same way that most people around the world do. And yet the last two years has we can at least view it more, I should yep. say that. Yep. And so what do you do with that? And so just being able to center our hope and our confidence and adoration on Jesus, who is so unique 
uniquely bringing the kingdom of heaven. Um, yeah, and so I think that that too, just to what we've hopefully seen throughout the whole study is it's easy for us to put ourselves in the story and that can be appropriate yeah. at times. And so it's easy, like even what I did earlier, not that I think it was appropriate for that time, but like, man, I'm interrupted. And so like, that's true. And also Jesus is, you know, he is essentially stepping in to battle all the forces mm-hmm. that I get to play in, you know, by the power yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But he is, he is the one who that is pointing to. He is the ultimate and we are just the shadows. And so getting to really settle our hearts on him. So that was my hope. Yeah. That's good. I think that it's interesting too to kind of see the progression of these healings because mm-hmm. it's like the first three, they're healings. And we have a category for that. Mm-hmm. We've seen prophets do things like that. Yeah. But the second three, it's like Jesus rebukes C <laughs> and it stops being right. angry. It's like, that's new. Sure. Uh, and then he casts out a bunch of demons. And then he, it's just like, he is totally, he's breaking categories yes. that have been established. Yeah. For me on community, this dovetails with what you just said, Antonia, but I want us to see that we are desperately in need. Mm-hmm. We being us individually and our world because uh, in the same sense that there's this immediacy that the crowds press in on Jesus Mm -hmm. because they see that they are needy Mm -hmm. we are too our world is too and I think we are not super attuned to it Mm -hmm. one because we live in the suburbs Mm -hmm. and the suburbs literally exist to distance us from the needs of the world Mm -hmm. like go read a history book on Dallas and it's not pretty. Mm -hmm. It's like, here's inner city crime and chaos and things that we don't like. So we're going to move 10 miles North and set up a little utopia. So we don't have to see it every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel this now I used to work in deep Ellum and I would take the dart Mm -hmm. and the amount of homelessness Mm -hmm. I would interact with on a daily basis. It's impossible to ignore the brokenness of that versus now in Richardson, I take a dedicated bike lane from my home to my office I never see a homeless person. It's not because the problem doesn't exist. So all that to say, like, there is a great deal of need in our world. Mm -hmm. Um, We can often look away from it. Sometimes we need to look away from it because it can be overwhelming. I'm not saying we have to, like, go read the world news until we feel super sad about every day Mm -hmm. because there's a lot out there to be sad about. I think that what it leads us to is ultimately resting in Jesus because he's the only one who can make it right. We can't do it all by ourselves and eagerly desiring that his kingdom would come in full yes. because that's the only thing that will fix anything. Yeah, that's good. Um, just one more thing on this one yeah. is um, I think the hope that we've seen, I mean, that we've gone through so much each each week, um, but one, hope, one thing I was hoping for in our community is to sit in the narrative tension yeah. because we know the end of the story. And mm-hmm. even Max, you and I were talking about this earlier of just, um, we know that in the story, we even have in some degrees greater clarity. Now that doesn't mean greater, like, handling or that kind of thing, but greater clarity yes. on um, just different things because of where we are in the life of the church. So there's been thousands of years yes. of conversation about the connection between Jesus and the law. Yes. Um, and so we can essentially you know, walk around with a pretty decent understanding because we are, because of where we're at thousands of years later. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, like when we see the Pharisees and the religious elite in particular interact with Jesus, you know, it's easy for us to kind of fast forward or just like 
present our understanding and post our understanding on top of the story. Yes. And so one hope is just that we'd be able to say, like, hey, when Jesus reveals in particular that like, he is a son of man, yeah. that is, like you said, it's category breaking mm-hmm. um, and massively important. And so just hoping that we would see that like, those interruptions and really the masterful way that Matthew is um, communicating to his original Jewish audience to really mm-hmm. appreciate that. Um, yeah, that we have been given a gift and um, and also need to, yeah, actually appreciate the text for what it is. <laughs> yes. People. So. Yep, that's good. That's because we do have a lot more orthodox precision yes. today because we sit on the history of the church defining these things over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And sometimes in that, we've talked about this before, we think with a very Western yes. mind, mm-hmm. which has neat categories and clear definitions, mm-hmm. and an Eastern mind, which a Jewish mind would accord more with, mm-hmm. has a lot more room for fuzziness in definitions. Yeah. And there can be a lot more tension in what is meant by the Son mm-hmm. of Man, because we see somebody reigning in the heavens forever who appears mm-hmm. as a figure of a man. Mm-hmm. That breaks my categories. Right. And it's a Jewish person, speaking in broad strokes, sure. is probably more comfortable with having broken categories and not resolving it yeah. than a Greek person who's like, let me define all these terms and so it's just different yeah it is uh okay uh last question what were we most personally affected by so totally yeah for me this is a connection to what i was saying earlier about the demonic and Mm -hmm. it's just a recognition that there are more spiritual realities than i tend to think about Mm -hmm. and specifically thinking about living out of the spirit what does that mean for me because i'm very quick to dismiss any sort of internal impulse that i have that I think may be a prompting from the Holy Spirit is like, ah, that's probably just me thinking about something. But like, if I'm willing to acknowledge that there is spiritual evil in the world, how can I not acknowledge that the Holy Spirit lives in me as a regenerated believer? And so I'm just trying to think about how do I do a better job of heeding the Spirit in my Mm -hmm. day-to-day life as I go around, especially because I look at the healing ministry of Jesus. We're going to look at this next week, what the disciples are commissioned into. And I'm not going around healing people. Mm -hmm. I'm not going around raising the dead. Surprise. And so, um, what does that mean for me Mm -hmm. in what I am doing? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm having a conversation with my cashier at Aldi. Mm -hmm. I'm like, am I attuned to the spirit in that moment? So yeah, just trying to work out the practicals. Yeah. I think for me, um, this week, just seeing how, just how often Jesus's word, like just um, the simplicity of his word, the authority of his word. How about that? <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Is the authority of his word. So he rebukes the storm. He says to the demon men or to the demon to go. And it's like virtually effortless. Um, not that it is effortless, but essentially just the, yeah, the authority that yes. Jesus has. And so um, just the connection to the creation narrative and there's chaos mm-hmm. and then God speaks and there's, you know, just there's order. Um, and so there's something that, yeah, it's just been really compelling about that and beautiful about that to consider and just how consistent it is in his life and ministry and so just considering okay, what are areas one how can I remember you know we talked about this in women's Bible city about you know the one of the you know this doesn't count necessarily as like the one of the 10 miracles but Matthew's story like it with you mm-hmm. know he with one with authority from Jesus like his heart is moves from you know he's yes. following you know from unbelief yeah. to belief and so remembering our own heart hey we have experience because sometimes I think we go like well how can I receive a miracle what does this look like and it's like mm. hey like your heart has gone from death to life yeah you have received sure. something miraculous truly yeah and so and then on and on about just looking at the chaos that we have internally and externally with the storm and with the you know just all those things and 
where can I see you? How can I believe? Okay, by the Spirit, the Lord is subduing chaos in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, by walking by the Spirit, as you've already said, how can I participate and bring the kingdom of heaven? And that, for me, might be lots of effort and lifelong pursuit, um, but that Jesus is able to, with one word, you know, calm, with one word, um, give just, um, uh, even discernment. And so, anyways, just really trying to step into that and appreciate just the unique authority um, of who Jesus is. And how to yeah live that out by the spirit ruling your eating. That's great. I really appreciate that personal application. I think that's good. Okay, y'all. Well, we have just a couple more weeks. Um, one last plug for our Sermon on the Mount forum <laughs> with Dr. Pennington and Jen Wilkin this Sunday, October 21st, 4th, ooh, at 8 21st. 21st. <laughs> it's a new one, y'all. Um, October 24th at 8 p.m. via Zoom. Um, you should be able to find the links either from Small Group Leader or via Mosaic Communications. And so we love you. We're for you. Retweet. We'll see you next time. Bye.